There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What was it they used to say? Spanning the globe to bring you the best of Tampa Bay sports. How about the Rays and their local hero, Denard Span? who cleared the bases with a triple and a six-run eighth inning. The Rays rally to win 6-4 on opening day over the Boston Red Sox. What a game. We'll have a reaction from Denard Spann, Chris Archer, and Kevin Cash. Just an unbelievable comeback for the Rays. And the Tampa Bay Lightning, well, not so fortunate for them in Boston. They lose to the Bruins 4-2. They fall out of first place in the Atlantic Division after 162 days. But it was an incredible day in Tampa Bay sports. And we have it all for you on this Friday edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Burstick. Before we get into this podcast, I want to once again welcome our new sponsor, Continental Wholesale Diamonds. You know it's spring, and that's the season of love. So if you're looking for that perfect gift for your wife or girlfriend, guys, go see my friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. For 40 years, Andy's been selling exclusively to other jewelers. Whether you're looking for a diamond pendant or a bracelet or earrings, or maybe you're ready to pop the question and you need that engagement ring, you're going to get the best price at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. Why walk around the jewelry stores and the shopping mall? they got a big overhead. That means a bigger price for you. At Continental Wholesale Diamonds, you pay wholesale. There's no pressure. You're going to come in, and he's going to pour you a scotch. He's going to teach you about the four C's of diamonds, carrot cut, color, and clarity. He's going to match the perfect diamond for your loved one. That's Continental Wholesale Diamonds. That's where I shop, and they're at 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150, right next to the Penthouse Club. All right, so I felt like I've seen this movie before with the opening day that the Rays had. Again, you know, I think it's a 13th straight sellout on opening day for the Rays. Great crowd on hand. You know, baseball is back. Everybody's excited. And then the Rays go out there, and they promptly look like they're going to lay an egg. Um, you know, they – what, Chris Sale was just doing what Chris Sale does against them. I think, he, you know, the Rays had one hit – through seven innings, and it looked like they were going to go down maybe to a four to nothing shutout. The early um, early on, um, the perfect game alert was on. It was the no right. Hitter alert was on. <laughs> All of that. Anytime Chris Sale is mean, pitching against the Rays, it's on automatically, and he was dealing. It is. It's incredible the way he deals. And listen, I he's he's an elite pitcher. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball. You know, in the Cy Young race, like the last six years or whatever. Um, and, and so I, I'm not. It's not – he's going to do this to a lot of teams, so it's not embarrassing that you go out there. But it's opening day. Everybody's excited. And you're kind of scuffling along. And it really didn't seem like they were going to score a run, a run against him. And so, they you know, th- this had – and they didn't, right. Uh, but even against the Red Sox. So this had, this had the markings of just a very big letdown. And then, all of a sudden, with a lot of help from the Boston bullpen – Things turned around rather – it escalated rather quickly, as they say, with – you don't see these numbers very often. A six-run, eighth inning by the race. But only and on three hits. To, well, that's the thing. Yeah, exactly. They had three hits and four for the game. Um, but they had four walks in that inning. And the Red Sox bullpen, we can get into whether or not you know it was managed very well. 
Um, but they helped them out. And, and look, you give the race credit for you know having good at bats and and not swinging at bad pitches and all of that. Um, but the big story, really, for the game, if you ask me, uh, is the homecoming of Tampa Catholics Denard Spant. What a comeback, and he was the key to all of it. I mean, the interesting thing about Span, I mean, he's played – this is not a, a young guy. He's he's played 10 years in the majors. And to be honest, when they got him, it looked like he was just here to be traded again. I mean, he's a high-salaried guy. Again, not not a young player. And even Span, you know, didn't want to really pay much attention to what the schedule is because he felt like I'm probably going to get dealt before the regular season starts. He's he's played for the Twins, for the Nationals, for the Giants. I mean, he's accomplished a lot in his career, a 29-game hitting streak. He's won gold gloves um, or a finalist for gold glove. And, and yet, what happened, Steve, on this opening day was probably the greatest moment of his career, and he, and he said so. Um, and, again, it, it wasn't possible unless the Red Sox and their bullpen melted down, and it melted down. And, you know, I, I think that they were fortunate that they kind of got into that. Again, I th- you know, they could have managed that bullpen a little bit better. And I'm surprised that they never faced the Red Sox closer to begin with or even a left-hander in that situation. They have one left-hander in the pen. And I didn't – I can't say I heard the postgame comments, but he's never pitched in the major. So this would have been his big league debut. And they were – Coming from double-A, I they think. Didn't, yeah. They, yeah, they didn't want to bring him into a high-leverage situation to make his debut. But he was the only lefty in your pen. So why mm-hmm. is he there? Right. If if you didn't want to play him because of that, why is he there? And then you didn't want to bring Kimbrell in in the eighth because you wanted to save him for the ninth. They didn't want a four-out type situation for him in, in the first game of the season. Look, it was a disaster. That eighth inning was a disaster for the Red Sox. There's no other way. I can't imagine what, what Boston and, and, and their writers and, and the reaction is going to be. So here's how it broke down. So they bring in Joe Kelly, and Joe Kelly used to be a starter, but he throws hard as hell. So he's, you know, you're figuring you can hold a four-run lead. Well, Kelly does what you hate a reliever to do. He walks the leadoff batter, Daniel Robertson. Now he comes back and he strikes out Rob Ref Snyder, who's just gotten to the team 15 minutes ago. Um, and but then Matt Duffy comes to the plate, and you know, I mean, Duffy's facing a lot of pressure. He's a pretty good hitter. Did not have an extra base hit in the in the spring training, by the way. But he laces a double, and then they, you know, they proceed to walk the next two batters to load the bases with one out. Now you got Kimbrel, who's not going to pitch and try to get a four, you know, a four out save, and so Alex Cora, who's in his, you know, his first game as a Red Sox manager, he he goes and gets Carson Smith, and Smith just makes it worse. He walks Brad Miller, and and you know Miller's a left-handed batter, and that's what goes back to your point that they had the left-hander that had not pitched before so they didn't want to put him in that situation that's the fourth walk of the inning you want to you want to know how you lose games when you're up four to nothing is when you walk four batters okay but then smith comes back he strikes out wilson ramos okay and so it looks like they may get out of this and if they do you know the rays have another at bat but you know you're okay at 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 four to two you're probably going to save that game probably going to bring in kimbrell for a three-out save um, but then up walks Denard Spann, who, um, you know, said before the game, look, I, I'm driving across the bridge, and this is surreal to me. He said it felt like he was going to a Legion game because he's never played a major league game in his hometown. Um, you know, been, been a guy that's a veteran of three other teams, 10th season, didn't think he would be here. 
And Span gets down in the count. And, you know, it, it, it was not a given that, I mean, a base hit is really what he needed to tie the game. This guy drills one to right field, uh, right to the wall, ropes one. And I'm telling you, the place was loud. It was loud. What a moment for Denard Span to come through and give the Rays a lead. They added another run uh, when Bogarts couldn't handle a, a chopper up the middle. And so they go up 6-4, to four, and then, of course, they close it out with their closer. But listening to Denard Span after that game, he was emotional just about the moment that he just experienced. Something that, uh, you know, I wasn't 100% sure that I was going to get this opportunity to, to start opening day here with this team. And uh, just a true blessing to uh, just to be able to play in front of my family and friends and um, just help this ball club win. It's just, you know, couldn't ask for anything better than this, man. First time facing him, um, he's, you know, very deceptive. Um, the first two pitches of the bat, I don't even think I saw the ball because, because of the way he throws the ball. And... Um, I got behind an account, and finally when I got the 3-2, I knew that um, he had to come to me. Um, bases were loaded. Um, I knew the last thing he wanted to do was walk in another run, and um, I was ready ready for uh, for that pitch, and I was able to, to uh, stay inside of it and keep it fair. I heard the fans screaming, um, <laughs> but I could not tell. I was looking to see where Mookie was, because I know he can cover a lot of ground, and um, you know, once I saw that he was playing more in the gap, um, you know, my heart just started racing, and you know, I could hear the the roar of the crowd. And um, if I could have cried, I would have cried. But it was <laughs> I was running, so I couldn't have done that. You don't see comebacks like that during the season, maybe once in a year, and it happens on opening day with the guy making his homecoming. Just just remarkable stuff. Colome, of course, closes the deal, and it's it's it was the Rays. I think their their first four run comeback, I guess, since 2016. So. After the game, Span, you know, was was mobbed by by teammates, and you know the Rays have a way of celebrating. Well, Span was indoctrinated to that celebration after the, after that game. Everybody greeted me with a bunch of energy, a bunch of love, and um, you know, I just that was probably in all my nine and a half, ten years, that was probably the best post game um, celebration by any team I've been on. So just a just a fun fun time. You could tell there was a an extra level of joy and elation after the game. Um, I doubt that Denard's been playing for almost ten years. I doubt he's been that excited, and he's he's played in big games. But um, it was a great moment for the team and him as well. That's Chris Archer talking about the celebration after the game, and you know Archer was the victim of a little bit of bad luck that Span played a part in. I mean, to be honest with you, the game starts. Um, with Archer giving up just just a rope to center field that Kevin Kiermaier makes a web gem on the first pitch of the game, goes back there and, and, and bangs into the wall and scrapes up his arm and does all those Chris all, all those uh, like Kevin Kiermaier things. Uh, and then, you know, they wind up giving up a inside-the-park home run because Span and Kiermaier nearly collided on a ball that was laced to right field. I'm going to say this right now. If, if you are uh... – you know, you're a fan of baseball. If you go rewatch the play and you act like you know what you're talking about, it's one of those things where that ball was hit absolutely perfectly. I wouldn't change anything. I would. Done, I don't think Denard would have either. It was hit in the absolute perfect spot, <clears throat> perfect trajectory, and we were both able. I, I, we both would have been able to catch the ball. I, I watched the replay already once, uh, and even right after it happened, I went up to the video room and watched it. And it's one of those things. It was it was literally hit in a perfect place, and 
I was trying to get myself in position to maybe have a try where I, you know, make a backhand catch and have a chance to throw out J.D. Martinez, whoever was at third base, I, I forget. But, um, and Denard could have made the catch as well. It was just one of those things that was in a perfect spot. And then we kind of looked at each other and we knew that we were probably going to collide. And Denard uh, did, did the right thing, sliding feet first. And I just tried jumping over him, avoiding collision. It's unfortunate it happened, but like I said, baseball is a, is a funky game sometimes. And uh, like I said, that's not how you draw it up by any means, but um, it, it was, I can't say anything other than it was hit in a literally perfect spot for something like that to happen. Eduardo Nunez with the uh, inside the park home run. It's now a three to nothing Boston lead. It goes to four to nothing and against Archer who throws six plus innings and you know, it was a Steve. It was a typical Archer outing, and what I mean by that is, he kind of had the one rough inning, um, victim of a little bit of bad luck, but still some pretty good defense behind him, and yet he battled his way uh, into the seventh and kind of kept it close. But you know, going against Sale, who is an absolute beast and an elite pitcher, Archer couldn't quite match him. You know, and uh, not not that he pitched poorly, but you know, four runs, typically against Chris Sale, you're going to get beat. And yet, of course, they rallied against the. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bullpen. What did you think of Archer and the way he pitched? I thought, you know, the, the hard luck inning, of that, that fly ball that, you know, you think it's going to be an out. Sure. Both your outfielders could have got to it, but you didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what I was impressed with more than anything was he pitched six innings plus two batters, and he was only at 81 pitches. Normally, right. you know, a lot of times last year the complaint is he'd get to that five, six-inning mark, and he's up to at 100 pitches already. Right. Um, he was more efficient today with his pitching, which I, I was, you know, that's what you really want to see out of him so that he can go even deeper into games, especially with, you know, Johnny Holstaff two days, a, a, you know, a rotation now. I like the pitch efficiency. He had the one rough inning. He didn't let it ruin the rest of his outing too um you know with some hard luck in that inning too it wasn't like he just had a bad inning he had some tough luck in there too no i agree with you i i, I thought that he battled and i liked the way and i thought he'd use his change up a little bit more than we've seen um certainly last year so if he if he can work three pitches into the repertoire because i you know he had i think he was approaching 50 something pitches after three innings it looked like he was going to be out of the game pretty quick and yet you know with what they're planning on doing and at this point, they're essentially going to Billy Bullpen not only in you know after after four starters, but now after three starters. So uh, he was able to save the bullpen a little bit, and that's that's what that's what he needs to do. That's what Blake Snell needs to do, so they can get you know games the third and fourth starts out of their out of their bullpen. So uh, look, he he you know anytime you can come out of a game, and Chris Sale throws one hit baseball and you come out of there with a win I mean they're not they're not going to do this every night to say the least but I think it's you know you always want to start fast it was a big crowd I mean that's the thing you know you get people back in the building when they have a good time and if you stuck around for that game and I don't think many people left you know that that's one that that is a confidence builder and 
you know, uh, you get people back in the building to come see them this weekend. So that's it's always nice, you know, if you're there's 161 other games, but it's always nice if you can get off to a start like that. Well, and the good thing is, is you know, the hitters after you know six innings of Chris Sale and you know getting one hit and a couple walks. I think he may have walked three actually, but they didn't give up. They weren't mailing it in. They were up there battling with their at bats, which is what caused three hits and four right. walks in that eighth inning to get your six runs. You right. Know, you like to see that your team didn't just go, man. Chris Sale has our number, and you know they're up there mailing it in, which you don't expect them to. But it, you know that can kind of happen. You can kind of get deflated. Okay, you knew it was going to be a hot one just because, well, before the game, there was a fire at the Trop, a grease fire. Somewhere in the center field area, people were either in the building and couldn't get out at that point. They were stopped or couldn't get in the building at all. So uh, it was minor, as it turns out, but it led to just a a deluge of social media David Price couldn't get in the building. He walked, heard he walked up and they wouldn't let him because they were letting no one in. The fire department had taken over and said no one in or no one out. That's right, and some some of the guys at six twenty had to do their the beginning of their shows for the pregame outside, and it was it was it was comical in the sense. Of, fortunately, no one got hurt, and it wasn't something that that stopped the game. But the sprinklers, are, I guess, went off in certain areas and whatnot. But when you think about like the you know, I'm reading Twitter, and of course everybody's like, "Well, let the trap burn," and uh, this proves it was the Rays were having a fire sale, and you know, just every every imaginable. Uh, sort of uh, a, a pun you could come up with, but uh, fortunately there wasn't anything to it. But it was hopefully it's not a metaphor, or it turned out not to be a metaphor for the season. But you know you never want to see that happen. Uh, in any way, it wasn't. It turned out not to be a big deal. So you got David Price against Blake Snell today, and then Saturday the Rays are going to throw their bullpen for the first time, and then Sunday Jake Faria takes over for the Rays, and then they go to New York for the Yankees home opener, and that's going to be a bullpen day. As well. By the way, if you uh, didn't know, the New York Yankees had a pretty good day by their new Yankee, Giancarlo Stanton. Two home runs, Steve. How about that start? How do you say that in Italian? Well, you know, there he did his whole thing, right? Their announcer that has John all the Sterling. Nicknames. John Sterling, his home run call, which everyone's been asking what it would be for Giancarlo Stanton. He said something in Italian. I have no idea what he said. I don't speak Italian. <laughs> right. I'm not Italian. But it rhymed with Giancarlo, I believe. I think so. I'm. I. I don't know. I know he's at after it. He said it was a Stantonian home run. Well, that might stick. Well, we'll have to hear more of his calls. Uh, the Rays don't. You know, that's going to be a tough lineup to navigate for anybody. And and speaking of uh, of the way that the season started, how about Ian Happ of the Cubs? So let me get this straight. Now, this is the first pitch of the major league season. Correct. That Happ hit for a home run. In yes. Miami? Yes, Ian Happ of the Cubs uh, off the Marlins. That's a great start. I, I understand that there also was three hit batters in that inning. The Cubs got a got a lead, gave it back, and wind up winning against the Marlins. And George Springer, if you're looking for omens, by the way, didn't he do this last year? He led off with a home run, and they won the World Series? That is correct, and he did it again this year. And Man, they're one of the favorites Houston, in the American League. The Houston Astros still rolling. Okay, let's talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning. Did not fare as well as the Tampa Bay Rays. Steve, I watched this game, and and correct me if I'm wrong, this felt like a playoff game. I mean, obviously it was for first place, and the Lightning finally fall out of first place for the first time, I don't know, what was it, 162 days or something like that? That's correct. Yeah, Um, October 18th they took over first place, and today is the first day they have been out of first place since then. But it it was physical, it was chippy. Um, you know, the lightning got down two to one and, and really I think the game sort of turned on this, 
what looked like a phantom goaltender interference call. This is as bad as, the, as what the catch used to be in the NFL. I don't know what goaltender interference is, but they took away a lightning goal that would have tied it up at 2-2 two to two in the third period. I've said this all along, that the NFL catch rule has been convoluted and no one understands it, although actually I thought it was pretty clear. I just thought it was wrong for most of the time. NHL goalie interference, I have no clue what, what it is, what it means, what's supposed to happen. It is. It's like it, they. I think they flip a coin or something in Toronto. Or I they, mean, they can't tell you what it is. You know, they can't explain it to you. And the thing about this one was, it wasn't even like like when you watch when you watch the replay. Like Tuka Rask is is almost completely out of the crease to begin with, and he he didn't even fight to get back over. It, he had virtually no chance to stop this goal, and and he wasn't complaining. Like usually, when there's a goaltender's interfere with, you see him immediately start to flail around and. And, and start yelling at the ref or something like that. That wasn't even the case here. And yet, well, he's the, the one who don't... put the puck behind the net that then Kalorn wrapped around on him. Right. I mean, right. he was he was in control of the puck to put it around the net, and he did it he incorrectly it. right to Alex Kalorn, who wrapped it around the other side. Yeah, exactly. So he played the puck and went around the other side, and yet they get a, they get a, a goaltender interference. So and that would have tied the game at two in the third period. Right, and so you know they they add another game, another goal. Boston has another goal. The, the Lightning come back, make it a one goal game, and then an empty netter makes it four to two. I just don't know. They they've lost. They're three. They're zero three against this team, right? This year. That's correct. And they got one more Tuesday night at Amelie Arena. I mean, do do you gain confidence from the way they played this game, or is it still like is it going to become a, a mental block thing because they just haven't had any success? in that building, or really anywhere this year at least, against Boston, and for a long time, to be honest with you. That building's been a house of horrors for the Lightning since they've become a franchise. I mean, so the Boston part of that, uh, I think there's a lot to take away from the game tonight. One, it was a playoff atmosphere. It was chippy, it was physical, and the Lightning stood up for it. Um, I thought they dominated the last two periods. I thought the first period, Boston had the run of play, and they ended up scoring two late goals in that period. Um, One on a bad giveaway by McDonough. The other was on a power play five seconds into it. Um, And Cooper, you know, said it was missed assignments, which is what led to that. I thought the Lightning played a good game. I thought they should have tied that 2-2 in the third, and then who knows what happens from there. Um, I think there's a lot you can take away from it, whether it's confidence to win in Boston or or not confidence. I don't think that matters as much. Um, But I think it's, you know, this was definitely a playoff-style game. The Lightning rose to the occasion. It was a great game between two good teams, maybe the two best teams in the East. Uh, I might put Washington in that group too, but you know, so I think there's a lot to take away from it. You know, the lightning are playing tonight in New York. We'll see how they respond, you know, after a a big game against Boston, how they're going to respond tonight. And then the next two games at home are Nashville and Boston. Nashville is the best team in hockey or the most points in hockey. And then Boston again. So, um, you know, the trap game maybe tonight as as some people think, but in sandwich in between Boston and Nashville, Boston. So you have to be careful of that too. How come just one one more thing on on the lightning? How come Tukaras didn't get in, in in more trouble for getting into a fight and using his blockers and you use and your blocker? It's supposed to be a match penalty, right? Yeah, and he clearly did. Uh, yeah, and, and they they ended up with the power play on that. That when made it no all sense. Said, when it all said and done, they ended up on the power play after that, and Rash could have been thrown out of the game. He should have been thrown out of the game, and, and we almost saw the quintessential. You don't get to see this much is with Andre Vasilevsky. He was going after Rask. Until the official held him up and said, "No, no, no, you can't, you can't come down here." Um, well, and that's but, what that's what caused the penalty, the power play was that right. uh, Vasilevsky got a penalty for coming down the ice for coming down the ice. But it makes sense. I mean, you you let the guy get away with that, and 
I don't know. Maybe it was maybe the. I don't understand how Vasilevsky can get a penalty. I mean, I I know that's what the rule says, and and they they exercise the rule. You're not supposed to leave. But if yeah. the other goalie's involved in the fight, why can't your goalie be be a part of that? I mean, it, it, it you know it's it's always about evening it up and not you know it's it's you know one guy on his own. If a second guy comes in, another the other team's second guy comes in. If the other goalie's in there, why aren't why aren't you allowed to come in there? I lo- I love it when those rare occasions where you see the two goalies going at it. I thought it would have been great, but uh, they didn't allow it. So we'll see how they fare. They play the Rangers uh, as you mentioned uh, tonight. They host Nashville on Sunday. Those are you know two pretty important games for them as well. We've got Good Friday coming up, of course, uh, today, and then uh, and then Easter Sunday. So. Happy Easter. Yeah, happy Easter to everybody. We hope that uh, you make this a habit. We hope that you listen to us Monday through Friday. We're here every week. Don't we forget the, the final, final four. four. Yeah, don't forget the final I mean, four this weekend. That's the biggest event, really. Go blue. I mean, that's yeah. How about that? You got Michigan. Uh, let's see. The first game. Got to take down Sister Jean. Going to be Sister Jean and and yeah, Sister and Jean versus Illinois. Michigan because no one knows who's on Loyola. <laughs> Loyola of Chicago, and they never show and any then, players. They just show Sister Jean in a, in everything. Yeah, well, she's got the mojo going for her. And then, and then of course, Kansas and Villanova, that's going to be a great game as well. And then the championship game is Monday, right? Monday night. Yeah, so we'll have, we'll have uh, that for you as well. It's, it's, it's a great time of year. I think, I think one of the best times of year is when you, you get into this Final Four weekend and you have the start of baseball season. Hockey is just about to the playoff. You certainly got the push for fighting for the Final few seeds and in the case of the lightning trying to see if they're going to finish first in their division so there is there is this everything coming together you well, know don't, right don't about forget now. the nba playoffs are near if you're an nba fan and then the masters is next week and the masters is right around hello friends the masters right around the corner with jim nance so this if you're a sports junkie like me you can sit on your couch this weekend and really there's no reason to go anywhere i know the weather's great but you got to watch all these sporting events. I mean, this is this is phenomenal. But we appreciate you being with us. You can always interact with us. You can reach us on Twitter at SportsDayTB or myself at NFL Stroud, and also uh, email me at rstroud at tampabay.com. We uh, want you to rate and review this podcast, and you can do that almost anywhere, right, Steve? We endeavor to put the podcast everywhere you get them. So whether it's iTunes or Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, the podcasts are there every day. Or you can always go to tampabay.com slash sports. The latest episode's there. You can rate, review it, comment on it, etc. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a happy Easter, everybody, and we'll talk to you on Monday. 